The Dave Berta Podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. I'm Dave Cornwallier. And I'm Ryan Hasman. And you're listening to the Dave Berta Podcast. We are recording this episode on February 13th, 2022. And we are joined, of course, as always, by our talented, um, handsome producer, Adam Rosenhart. Hi, Adam. How are you doing? I'm good, Dave. Ryan, it's good to see you guys. As usual, we've been doing this together forever. Nothing has changed. It's wonderful to be with you. Yeah, solid. The, the, the trio, solid together, working together on this podcast well, bi-weekly since 2017. It's, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, uh, well, it's great. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I thought you guys said we've been on a break since 2019. That's oh. when you that's when you told me oh. I don't need to keep signing in. Uh, yeah, we we've been what? using uh, uh. advanced AI technology to fill in for you. Yeah. I thought I thought we're bringing the pod back today. <laughs> well, we're uh, sort of Yeah. Yeah, we're we're bringing we're bringing it back to our to our audience our first first episode <laughs> of, of 2022. Oh yeah. There's, there's that. Oh. Uh, well, guys, it is just great to be back in the chair and back logged in. I think we have way too much fun doing these, but thanks for inviting me back today, and uh, let's get started. Yeah, absolutely. So, so Ryan, I hear there's uh, there's it's a special day uh, for for you in particular. <laughs> it's just... Yes. So, like, you guys are good friends of mine, and you know that I when I say this, I say it out of love. But only a couple of uh, non-sport fan. Uh, political nerds would schedule this right during Super Bowl. And not only during Super Bowl, my team is in it. So actually, right about the same time we started podcasting, I um, I picked the LA Rams for reasons that, you know, were fairly arbitrary at the time. They were moving back to LA. They had just drafted a number one overall quarterback. My dad always liked the Lakers. And Magic Johnson was part of the LA Rams group that brought them back. So I thought, all right, I'm going to jump in. So long story short, today they're in the Super Bowl, and I actually feel this anxious pit in my stomach. Like, I'm going to spend the whole game standing and pacing and maybe <laughs> wrapping my arms around my head like this, just trying not to lose my mind. So this is a welcome distraction. Well, we're happy, well, I'm, I'm, happy we could provide that to you, Ryan. I mean, we know, we know politics is important, but we also know sports ball, extremely important. <laughs> Yeah, and we, and we and we all know that politics is something that can help calm uh, yeah. the volume for the soul. Um, there's nothing exciting going on. So there's there's like of my passions in life, nothing has hurt me or made me more anxious than sports and politics. So <laughs> yet a lot like politics. If I could quit, I would have a long time ago. So uh, yeah, but yeah, I thought that was funny. I know you guys are all about the sports ball. So yeah. maybe I'll have to text you after and let you know who won. Well, just like just like sports, uh, politics. You, you may love politics, but politics usually doesn't love you back. No, especially especially as <laughs> neither a, does as an Edmonton fan. That's just not a thing. <laughs> it's totally true. Totally true. So yeah, guys, what's been going on? Tell me. Um, actually, let me refer to my script before I go off script. <laughs> uh, I'm just wondering when you're going to talk about your plans here in the future and. What's going on? Why am I back today? I think we should talk yeah, about that well, right now, Dave. I, I I think we can. So so we've uh, we've we've come to a uh, uh, I don't even know how even know how to how to how to how to start this. I had this scripted out. Um, this is our uh, this is our first episode of 2022, and uh, it's probably gonna be our, it's going to be our last episode of 2022, probably. Yeah. Uh, we're going to we're going to put the podcast on uh, on a semi permanent hiatus, is what we're calling it. So uh, this will be our last regular episode for a while. Um, after well, after what five years? I think five years, or close to five years of, of running this podcast. Um, Adam and I have decided that uh, yeah, now's a now's a time to. Uh, I can to, hear. Sorry, this, I can hear this, ATV noise coming from like, Ryan. So one is, of the changes in my life, guys, <laughs> is I live on an acreage, <laughs> and um, actually one of our former guests of the pod. Uh, Kate Kerber. Oh, great! Her family, her family is over here today, and I can currently see their kids and my kids drifting a ATV <laughs> on the icy sidewalk or icy driveway. 
So okay. they're wearing helmets. They're wearing helmets and they're seat belted in. So, I mean, what could go wrong? Exactly. Right? I think they'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. Nothing yeah. to worry about. So sorry, I'll close my window. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure if you'd hear that or not. They're drifting. It looks like it looks like in Halo. I guess that's another nerdy reference. But sounds, when you sounds like a great time. Generations yeah. of uh, generations of Alberta children have uh, have had those experiences, myself included. I remember getting a. Uh, Back when you could back when you could drive trikes, I remember getting trikes stuck in the uh, in ditches and like yeah. five feet of snow, and then trying to no. have, and trying to figure it out, being with my friend and trying to figure out how we're going to get it out without having to ask his dad to come to, to pull it out with the truck. <laughs> well, we just got my friend the other dad's quad quite stuck, and we were trying to use the winch. And then I said, "Hey, guess what? I got to go inside and log into the computer." So you figure it out. <laughs> but now, Dave, you grew up near here, actually. You grew up near Mournville, didn't you? I grew up in I grew up in Mournville, right on the edge of town. But in, in, in I was in town. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, so yeah. I'm not too far away. But yeah, great part, great sorry. part of uh, great part of Alberta. <laughs> I have totally thrown you off. You were no, trying that's to say okay. something touching and kind of sad yeah, yeah. and important. So no, let's no. get back to that. Sure. Yeah. No. No. That's great. Um, we're all we're here for the uh, for the witty banter, and I'm sure that's why our. Uh, that's where many listeners tune in if they're still listening at this point. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, I mean, as I was saying, we're yeah, we're going on hiatus um, for for the next bit. It's uh, as uh, as Rip on Yellowstone once said, "It's uh, cowboys don't say goodbye; they just say see you later." So we'll be uh, after this episode. You know, we may uh, we may pop back up at some point. So you know, keep us uh, keep us in your thoughts in your feeds, but. Uh, we wanted to thank, uh, I guess, before we delve too far in this episode, thank the uh, the thousands of listeners who tune in uh, every every couple weeks to uh, to listen to this podcast loyally for the past uh, past five years. We uh, we 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 appreciate uh, appreciate your uh, your subscriptions and your you know your feedback and your emails and uh, and your high fives when you know when we see you in person. Um, Has it really been five years? Yeah. Well, unless my math is wrong, I mean it was 2017, so that's about five years, right? Yeah, I remember meeting the three of us at a cafe. Yeah, and I remember it was, Dave it was and district. I, it was district cafe. Yeah, yeah, of course it was. And uh, I remember asking Adam, like, "So how the heck do we do a podcast?" And <laughs> it's all downhill from there, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we just started doing them, and uh, I, I'm still not entirely sure how you you both roped me into this, but I'm glad you did. What for the I, money? For the yeah, money. yeah, for the money. Exactly. Yeah, yes. Your your checks in the mail, Ryan. Um, <laughs> it's been yeah, in the mail. Been getting, in the mail for a while. <laughs> I've been getting royalty checks this whole time. I don't know about you guys, but <laughs> oh. how? How is that even possible? We'll we'll, we'll 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 talk about that after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, um, because I'm kind of coming back here, and I haven't been super involved since oh May 2019, <laughs> April 2019. I don't know if something in, important in politics happened around then, but. Uh, you know, I just wanted to, a chance to kind of ask you guys a few questions on the way out. And, um, you know, I was, I was just talking to you a little bit, like, about some of the things I was going to ask. You know, Dave, I guess Dave especially, but Adam as well. Like, when we, when we set out to do this, I don't know how much we thought out exactly what we were trying to achieve. But I think there was some themes around talking about politics and tactics and strategy, but also, you know, just about... Um, dialogue and getting along without agreeing and stuff so i don't know if you like what do you think have you uh have you been able to do that has this podcast helped the dialogue and the discourse in this province i i I certainly hope it has i mean i think you're right that when we first started out uh you know the the you know the under the kind of sub sub uh theme of the of the of the podcast was two you know two friends who have uh different of, of different political leanings uh, you know, can actually t- actually talk about politics without uh, without yelling at each other, and uh, I mean, at, at the point where we started it, it was like 2017. Things were politics in Alberta. I mean, when I guess when is it not fiery? When is it not? When is it not tense? But it felt in particular that it was quite uh, things were quite tense, and and there was a lot of uh, there wasn't much uh, you know fantastic dialogue happening, and there was a lot of tension between people, and and uh, you know this was our opportunity to actually you know, remind people that you can have a, you know, you may disagree, but it doesn't necessarily mean you need to fight to the death, to fight to the death in every single conversation. And you can actually talk to people. And, and I mean, I know Adam and I have talked a lot about, you know, the, uh, uh, the need for more empathy in, 
in politics and in not just not just politics but in society and and the ability to actually have a conversation with with someone and put yourself in, in other people's shoes and understand where they're coming from and and i hope that that's what that's something we've been able to to accomplish with this podcast is give you know give an opportunity for obviously raise you know give people platforms to talk about their issues but uh but you know demonstrate that you know you can have a conversation you can have uh you know you can have a healthy conversation with people and and without it having to be a zero-sum game every single time yeah I, i think that's right i think we've we've tried to do that with some success uh I don't know, Ryan. I feel like after you left, Dave and I careened to the left. <laughs> uh, but but that might just be my own perception. I'm actually looking at the web page for episode one. We call it the pilot episode. Oh, yeah. Where we talked about Julie Payette. Do you guys oh remember goodness. her? You know, Ryan hey. Ryan had Julie Payette figured out from the beginning. I wasn't even really paying attention, but he, uh, you know. He could see through and uh, see that there were there was going to be issues. There was going to be issues there when while she was governor general. <laughs> as a as a monarchist who's obsessed with space, that whole thing just really hurts me. Yeah. <laughs> what a what a train wreck. Yeah, that by the way, that episode came out on November fifth, twenty seventeen, and Jason Kenney had there just become the leader of the United Conservative Party as well. Wow. Yeah. Sorry about yeah, the, well, sorry no, about all those sounds. <laughs> Adam, um, you know, you you might have perspective. You aren't really known as a political commentator, and I have been at times. Currently, I try not to um, for reasons of, I guess, relative obviousness. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. What, what's your take, Adam? Like, how did we do with the mission, and how have you seen politics? Like, it's easy to say it's only gotten worse since 2017, and maybe in some ways it has. But I don't know. What do you think? You know, it's it is hard to say. I do feel like I uh, there's a big part of me that wonders what politics in Canada, North America, and the world would have looked like if Donald Trump hadn't successfully been elected president. Like, I I, I believe that had a massive impact globally on um, just the way that certain politicians conduct themselves, particularly author- authoritarian politicians, and. I also wonder, like, if there had been a competent Republican in the White House or a a competent Democrat, would we be where we are with regards to this pandemic? Those are like the big questions that are kind of in my mind, because the U.S. is a a model for a lot of people. And I just I I recently read uh, Susan Rice's autobiography, and she spends a chapter talking about um, Ebola in West Africa. And the work the United States did to contain that before it became a big problem. I just feel like if if only if maybe this is me being super. In fact, I know it's me being super naive, but if a few chips had fallen differently, would we be a little bit better off? Would we be able to talk to each other across the aisles? That sort of thing. I'm not really sure. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think that. uh I mean, in terms of Alberta politics, I mean, I think it's a, there's a mix of, I think that some, you know, the influence of the politics, influence of politics from the United States. And it's not just in the United States. Some of it, I mean, a lot of it comes from here, but um, the, the way that social media um, impacts how people talk about politics and how people get their information and learn about politics and learn about the news, I think has a, I mean, has a, has a real, has had a real negative effect but I think in Alberta in particular, because I talk to people from outside Alberta eh, quite a bit, and they they're always amazed and they're always kind of shocked at how uh, how intense Alberta politics is compared compared to a lot of other provinces um, yeah. where the, where there are a lot of the same influences. And I mean, I mean, I think that I think part of the reason why Alberta politics is so intense over the f- past couple of years has to do with I mean, with all those reasons, but also we're like we're all actually a competitive electoral there's actually a competitive electoral map in Alberta now. And that's, just, I think, I think we're still working through that culture. And I think it's still like really rough around the edges and people, politicos don't really know how to interact, uh, you know, in, in a way that's perhaps a little more civil because it does seem like, uh, uh, I mean, did, there is that feeling that it is, that it is, everything is zero sum and that, uh, you know, that there is so much at stake. Um, and, you know, maybe hopefully we can kind of get into this, uh, get into a, a culture where 
you know, maybe things aren't aren't so as intense and, and we just recognize competitive electoral politics for what it is rather than being this kind of like, uh, you know, absolute never ending cycle of of uh, of just, you know, yelling at each other or, or or what or whatnot. But I think that's part, that's part of the reason why I think it's I think people are still are still getting used to it. And it's, you know, uh, you know, New Democrats had one year or one one term in, in office so far. And, uh, you know, and they see things are looking good for, you know, the next election. We'll see. There's still a year um, or a little bit more than a year till the next election, maybe. Um, and uh, and 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 conservatives experienced their first loss in 2015. And that, you know, that really stung. And, you know, the whole idea that, you know, we can have a change in government and that, you know, people who may have taken Albertans for granted electorally for a long time, uh, you know, you can't take Albertans for granted anymore. And I think that the political yeah. culture is still catching up to that. I think Albertans are past the political culture, but I think the political culture is still catching up to that. And they don't, you know, we'll see if, if that if that adapts in the next couple of years. Yeah, just, I guess, two things. One, I will have to shelf some of this for uh, the day after I get um, removed from my role or whatever, because, you know, I am currently employed in a partisan role. So, but I, I would say both parties have had to um, really adapt to the culture of having two stable, viable governing alternatives. And I think that has been both predictable and unpredictable. I think in the opposition caucus, there's a real tension between those who um, remember governing and those who just are there to fight. I mean, they're both conviction parties, right? It's weird. Big tent usually wouldn't be a conviction party. It would be a coalition party, but they both are. So there's that. And then, you know, we haven't talked or I haven't been on since the pandemic. And I mean, you could do hours on that, but just, I guess the one observation for me was, although Adam, I agree, I do think Donald Trump politicized it as a tactic early. And that really has cascaded out from there. I do also think it's revealed some blind spots for people like the three of us. Um, at least me, maybe I shouldn't put you guys on this, but for Leanne and I, um, in these government roles, the pandemic was kind of just an adventure. You know, we still got paid. Um, we saved money on gas. Amazon brought us things. You know, I, obviously I'm simplifying it. It's been stressful for everybody, but I really think it's revealed some deep, uh, some deep fault lines in our society that don't really break right left. It's almost more almost more class-based. You know, actually, the Liberal MP last week who talked about not everybody can go to the cottage and work on their MacBook. And that kind of stung me a little bit because I could. In fact, last summer for a week, I did. And so that's, you know, the combined popul emerging populism combined with a bunch of fancy people like me. And, I, you know, I'm not really fancy, but you know what I mean? Having this blind mm -hmm. spot of, like, my father is an electrician. He can't do his job over Google Meet. Whereas I basically can. And I mean, there's, it's not as good, but so it's been a really, it's just been a wild, even 20 months since the pandemic. And it's such a cliche, but the pandemic did change everything. And I, I guess as we record this on February 13th, there's protests everywhere. There's blockades everywhere. And how much of that is political versus people just being fed up who aren't really political. The Dave Verda Podcast is brought to you this week by the Edmonton Public School Board. Get ready to take the guesswork out of choosing a school. Go to an Edmonton Public Schools virtual open house. Ask your questions to learn about their schools and programs and find the one that feels right. All from the comfort of home. Find virtual event dates and learn how to make the most out of your online visit at openhouse.epsb.ca. Know before you go and feel confident and excited when you get there. The Dave Berta Podcast is also brought to you this week by the Alberta Podcast Network. And one show you should check out on that network is Emily Missed Out. Hi, I'm Emily. And I'm Brienne. And together we make Emily Missed Out, a podcast where Emily and I dig into the long list of films that Emily hasn't seen. It's a very long list. Totally long list. 
and help her catch up on all of the pop-culturally relevant lines, characters, scenes, and tropes that she may have missed out on. We're also a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. You can find us online at albertapodcastnetwork.com or wherever you find your podcasts. Join us for my pop culture education. Yeah! So I'm thrilled to welcome uh, our special guest for our uh, our final episode of the Dayberta podcast. Um, many of you will know him from uh, well from from Alberta politics and in various roles over the past couple of year couple of years. Uh, formerly the mayor of Brooks and formerly the president of the Alberta Urban Municipalities Association. Um, currently the leader of the Alberta Party, Barry Morshida. Welcome to the Dayberta podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited uh, to do this. Yeah, well, thanks so much. Thanks so much for joining us. We're really glad that you could uh, make some time uh, this Sunday afternoon. I'm sure, like Ryan, and uh, you're uh, you're you're uh, gearing up for the for, for the Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, it's one NFL game I watch every year. Oh, okay. Oh, that's great. That's good. I don't know anything about football, at least Amer- American football. I follow the Grey Cup, so that's uh, that's that's about it. That's about it for me. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm uh, I'm hoping Barry, you could just tell uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Just introduce yourself to our listeners. Sure. So uh, I am uh, born and raised in Alberta. I am uh, actually half Japanese. My dad uh, was born in an internment camp in 1945 in Tashmi, BC, which. You know, it's unbelievable when you think about it. Um, so I'm a third generation Japanese Canadian, but my father was actually born as an enemy of the state, uh, the enemy of Canada. Uh, so uh, he was born in a camp in uh, BC, and uh, actually my aunt was as well. And, and my family came into Alberta uh, in the 50s, early 50s, and settled on a farm just north of Brooks here. And, uh, you know, that's where I went to school. I've lived my whole life. I've... Uh, Joined in, got involved in municipal politics um, when I was about 30, 32. Uh, ran to be on council. I was on council for a couple terms. Ran for mayor and lost. And then uh, took a little bit of time off and returned in 2010. And then became mayor in 2016. And, and uh, two years before that, I joined the AUMA board, now the AM. And uh, became president in 2017. I was president for four years. Um, I'm married. Uh, I have a couple of daughters uh, that both live in Alberta. I have a couple of grandchildren, uh, one that's going to be starting grade one here in the fall. And, uh, you know, the future of Alberta has uh, always been on my mind. It's been part of my service. And so I'm excited to be the leader of the Alberta Party. That's that's great. So I, I was down in I was down in Brooks um, over the over last summer. We my uh, my family and I we went camping down at uh, Drumheller and went camping down to Dinosaur Provincial Park. And then mm-hmm. on our way uh, on our way out, we drove through and stopped uh, stopped for some lunch in Brooks and and stopped in some of the shops along the along the main uh, the main strip there. And uh, it's quite a pretty little community. And uh, and I think one that doesn't you know I mean you could say this for probably for for a lot of the kind of small or larger towns or small cities in in Alberta it doesn't get enough attention. The ten- the attention it probably probably deserves but what um i guess if you could share something from of you know unique from brooks or something to tell it you know share share the the story of brooks for uh to uh to our listeners what would you what would you say about brooks well uh, you know i think it is dave you said it all it's it's like a it's a gem in alberta of which there are so many you know as as uh, as a auma president i got to tour alberta for four summers um Two, unfortunately, in COVID, so it was a little, it was more challenging. But nonetheless, I've been to every, just about every uh, official uh, summer village, village, town, city um, in this entire uh, province, about 260 members. And in Brooks, what's kind of interesting is, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're well over 100 years old. I think 1910, established officially in 1910. And mainly, you know, uh, the recipient of immigration, um, but we're technically a desert. And the two things I think that are so cool about Brooks is that the Palliser Triangle, the area is technically a desert. We're so arid. Uh, you know, we, we wouldn't have farming there if it wasn't for agriculture. And through some amazing foresight and some incredible uh, resilience over, <laughs> you know, where irrigation, um, uh, a lot of acres under irrigation, we're the most productive farmland, I think, as far as I know, in North America, certainly in Canada. And over the last 20 years, as a result of all of that, um, you know, we have uh, one of the most ethnically diverse communities in the entire country. Uh, in, a, in a community with 15,000 people in it, 
We have over 100 languages spoken. Uh, we have people from all over the globe, um, Africa, Asia, South America, uh, Europe. Uh, it's, it's unbelievable. And uh, the community has really uh, built up that sense of uh, this is a place where you can belong and thrive. And I, and I think that's, that's uh, it's, it's an incredible piece. You got to come in if you ever go to Brooks. There's lots of ethnic food. Uh, there's lots of opportunities to interact with people from all over the planet. So being uh, president of AUMA now, I mean, now he said now it's known as Alberta, or Alberta municipalities. Um, I've always found it interesting because municipalities, like they play such an important role in the lives of Albertans. And I mean, they're, they're you know, they're, but, they're, but in, in a lot of ways that the level of government that gets uh, uh, the short, you know, that draws the short straw on a lot, on a lot of issues. And it's particularly with, with the provincial governments. Um, and I don't necessarily speak, I mean, this isn't a, a comment about any particular provincial government, because I think it's something that's been uh, a common feature of provincial governments, the, well, at least the past three or four, is is the rotating door of municipal affairs ministers. And I think I I, 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 I looked at the stat uh, a couple years ago, and it was something like the Alberta had eight municipal affairs ministers in 10 years or something like that. And it seems to be a role where... Yep. Where they, where there's the junior minister who's appointed, it's someone who's usually, usually up and coming, uh, and they spend a year or two in municipal affairs, and then they, you know, they become, they get promoted, they become, you know, a, 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 they get appointed to a, a, a job or a, you know, a, a more prominent ministry or something, you know, what what, what yeah. would be considered a more prominent ministry? Um, what was it like dealing, like during your time as president of the EUMA, having to deal with this kind of rotating door of of uh, of um, municipal affairs ministers. Did that imp impact the relationship between municipalities and the province? A absolutely, because you know, I you know, I think we've had some ministers that start out very well-meaning, very interested in the file, and um, you know, like you said, it's it's where it is stands in importance relative to everything else. And I think you said it right at the beginning when you were talking. Everything happens in communities. Everything does. It doesn't matter what service it is. It doesn't matter who's supplying it. It doesn't matter where economic growth happens. It doesn't know. Doesn't matter where healthcare issues are, education issues. They happen at a local level, and no one knows them better than municipality. It's always been a frustrating thing for me. Um, you know, I've, I've been. I was on the board through three changes of government. So, which prior to that, no way <laughs> person had ever been able to say because we didn't have. Mm -hmm. one. But we had three changes of government in my time on the board. And uh, I can tell you that I was disappointed in certainly that the, the, as the two newer ones got elected, they didn't take us more seriously because there was a real opportunity to truly partner with what happens at municipalities and turn those community connections into an asset for the provincial government policies and the directions they wanted to go. At the end of the day, we all have to work together and, uh, you know, it's been frustrating not to have that happen. And certainly the importance that the government places on municipalities is a big reason why it doesn't happen. What, what do you think municipalities need to do to get the type of attention that they, that they need from, from the provincial government or even from the federal government? Well, you, you know, I, I, I don't know what they need to do. I think it's, it's, that what, it's how we do our business that's never, we've never threatened, there's been a threat to provincial governments or federal governments, um, big city mayors, you see them carry a lot more cachet in the in kind of in the federal context uh, because they represent such a big lock, block of voters and without kind of overtly coming out in favor of one party or another, but in, in some of the important policies that happened. I think you've seen um, a little bit more movement there because just because of the urbanization of Canadian uh, voters. Mm -hmm. In Alberta, the problem has been, I believe, um, that, uh, you know, for one thing, we have uh, two associations and we work really well uh, with the rural of the RMA. And I've had great relationships with uh, both the previous president and the current one when I was um, part of AUMA. But I think they use that to a degree to split us apart on some issues. I think that's part of the problem. And I think we need to do a better job of being together. We don't have to be physically amalgamated, but I think we have to do a better job communicating that. And, and secondly, I think that we have to be a little, be prepared to be a little bit more outspoken about some of the issues. Because like I said, practically everything happens at a community level. And those impacts uh, are felt 
And unfortunately, in the last, I would say the last six years, even 10 years, there have been a lot more negative impacts on municipalities and communities than I would say positive ones as a result of not talking to municipal leaders about the impact of fine changes, the impact of the Elections Act, the impact of cutting MSI, the impacts of those kinds of things. Um, and uh, I think there were better ways to do them. And uh, we need to do that. So, I mean, uh, you have a lot, a lot of ideas about, about uh, improving, you know, the relationship between uh, municipalities and the provincial government. And I'm sure that was in your mind when you decided last year to jump into provincial politics. So you you left your position as, as mayor. Um, uh, uh, you didn't did not run for re-election for as uh, for May, as mayor as mayor in Brooks, um, and you uh, you were acclaimed as leader of the Alberta Party. Um, what uh, I guess why why did you run for the Alberta Party? What what convinced you to uh, to jump into provincial politics? Well, you know, it was, a, it was definitely a bit of a journey. Um, you know, about a year ago, I. I I, I determined that I wasn't going to be involved in Alberta municipalities again, even if I did run. There's a lot of great leadership there. And I think change is a good thing, you know, kind of regular churn for people. I think there was an opportunity for a female to lead the Alberta municipalities. There were several good ones. And as, as you know, Kathy Heron, uh, the, the great mayor from St. Albert, is now the president. And, and I think all of those things played into that. So to start with, I, I wasn't going to be involved in, in uh, Alberta municipalities. And then as I, you know, kind of inch towards uh, the October date in 2021, you go, well, you know, is this really where I want to spend four years? Four years is a big commitment for anybody. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I wasn't sure. So when I saw what was happening with the particularly the political conversation that was going on back and forth, um, the name calling, uh, kind of the constant uh, my side or no side debate that was going on across this province and, and across the country to a great degree. I actually reached out to some people and said, you know, we've got to do something. And I, I urged some others to consider running for the leadership. I knew the leadership was up. And, and uh, through a few conversations, um, you know, Doug Griffiths in particular, who I who respect a great deal, um, for his community development work and and his ML as an MLA, but um, you know he said, well maybe you should think about it. So so you know I did. I I made a lot of calls and talked to some people, people I knew really well, uh, people I didn't know so well, and and we talked about the politics. And then uh, you know I was kind of ninety percent sure I was going to do this, and then it, it, you got to have all of it though. You got to be a hundred percent in, because this job, as you guys know, you've been observers. It's it chews people up and spits them out sometimes if you not don't have your whole heart and soul into it. And really what pushed me over the edge was conversations I had kind of, a, you know, uh, not trying to be too corny about it, but conversations around young people, particularly my kids. Like I said, I'm born and raised, my kids are born and raised. One's an actor in Calgary, the other one's a teacher right in Brooks and married to a teacher. I have a couple grandkids, as I said earlier. And uh, I'd never heard a conversation around people wanting to maybe not live here. Like, why wouldn't you want to live in Alberta? And, you know, that conversation was that heaviness of the political situation, the feeling that professionals were being attacked without uh, cause, the fact that we were more intent on tearing someone else down than building this province up. And it was weighing on them, and, and you never saw it. And then the curriculum came along. <laughs> my, my daughter, the teacher, says to me, you know, Dad, this thing's terrible. It's really terrible. And I said, well, it, you know, you're a teacher, it can't be that terrible, it can't be. So I actually read the curriculum, the grade one curriculum for my granddaughter. And I can tell you guys without reservation, it's terrible. <laughs> it's, that's actually, it's terrible. I listen to the music pieces that they recommend for a six-year-old to get a love of music or to, to, to have that in their life. And I tell you, if I went through that curriculum at, at six years old, I don't think I'd want to go to school at seven. And so I just saw Alberta going the wrong way. And, uh, and mainly that uh, finally my heart was in it, that there was a future here to protect. And so I threw my hat in the ring and the rest, as they say, is at least a short history anyway for now. So the, the Alberta party has been around, I mean, it's been around as a political party for a while and kind of different iterations started in the, in the, I mean, it has, it, it, it has a great name, right? Uh, it started oh, yeah. in the, in the, uh, in the early nineties or the early eighties as, as a separatist party. And then kind of 
lingered around for a while and there were merger talks with the social credit and merger talks with kind of, it was very much on the right wing fringe. And then it moved more to the center, center left when the, there's a group of green party types that took over it and then, you know, merged with some urban, urban liberals. And then it, uh, you know, and then, and then eventually um, uh, Stephen Mandel, the former mayor of Edmonton and former progressive conservative MLA uh, led it into the last election when um, I guess I've skipped over Greg Clark, who was, as Ryan would yeah. remember, one of our favorite, uh, actually one of our, uh, our fa- favorite topics uh, and, uh, and uh, a listener of the pod um, uh, in, the, in the 2015 election. Um, Mandel took over, you know, it attracted, it seemed to have some steam. It attracted, uh, you know, it had one MLA that it elected on its, on its own, in its own right. There was a, an NDP MLA that crossed the floor. There was a UCP MLA who crossed the floor. Um, and it seemed to have some, some stuff going for it. And then the 2019 election came around and the party, the, the, the I mean, it, the Alberta party kind of got squeezed out and I mean, it, it got about nine, nine, ten 10% of the vote, which is nothing, which is nothing to, nothing to, to shrug about. That's, that's, that's a considerable amount. That's a, that's one in 10 Albertans voted for the Alberta party, but it wasn't able to elect any MLAs, which is really what counts in politics. Um, I mean, I like to say when, when you talk about popular vote, it's such like a political science kind of thing to say, right? <laughs> but it does matter because people actually voted for you. But 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 if you don't produce seats, then it's, you know, you're, you're um, it's uh, it's hard to demonstrate that you're that, that that you're viable. So I guess my question is looking looking at Alberta politics over the past, well, over the past two or three years since the last election, it really looks like a two party political environment and going into the next election, like it looks like a two party political environment, the NDP versus the UCP. Um, what's your pitch for to Albertans for the Alberta party? Because right now it, it kind of looks like if you, if you want to defeat the UCP, you have a clear alternative in the NDP who are raising a lot of money who have, you know, have been in government before. Um, and if you want to stop the NDP, well, the UCP is in government now. So what's, what's your pitch to Albertans um, for why, you know, why they should, why they should vote for the Alberta party or, or even to candidates when you talk to them, what, what's the, What's the what's the pitch for for running to the for the Alberta party? I'm, I'm sincerely I'm sin- just sincerely interested. Yeah, no, Dave, it's a great question. I get asked it all the time. So you know why 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 do you want? You know when we look a little bit of history, um, you know we kind of gone from one party rule to now people argue that we have two parties. But I but I would argue that people have been searching for a place. The vast majority of people have been searching for a place uh, that represents their views kind of regularly and. Uh, and and it's it's not sexy. Good governance isn't very sexy, but but Al- that's what the Alberta Party talks about, and that's what I've been doing. I mean, in my time in Brooks, whether it was COVID leading through COVID, which was an extremely stressful situation, and we had there was nothing when we when we went through it. And it, you know, there there's a, there's an opportunity here uh, with the Alberta Party to govern differently. And I know it's cliche and, you know, we hear everything from grassroots guarantees to we're listening, but none of them have ever done it really. None of them have ever been in a room with nonpartisans, with people who come from all perspectives and built a solution out of all kinds of pieces and been more open to the opportunities that, that come from that. I've done that. Municipal politicians do that. That's why I think there's an opportunity here, and that's what the Alberta Party stands for, is the fact that there is no left and right when it comes to a solution. There's only forward. There's only progress. And, you know, we don't discount perspectives. You know, it's pretty obvious this recently, you know, um, with all the the reduction in mandates and and people's uh, concerns about them and legitimate concerns on all kinds of sides, the fact that we have a pro- provincial government whose initial response is to attack one group that doesn't agree with them tells me all we need to know about what's going on and how we need to do it differently. Those people should have been in the room talking about what is going to affect their industry, the students they teach in, in that. The healthcare should they should be in the room. The information should be out there. That's how we, we have to operate that way. As you know, municipal governments aren't allowed to do things in secret. And yes, let, don't get me wrong, we have conversations, but our decision-making and debate has to happen in public. And that we need to bring all that back. We need to have people who believe in what they stand for. We need to have people who have had those lived experiences, not from a p- political perspective, but from a community perspective. And they need to be in a party in a place 
that they don't need to be afraid of having that conversation. And I can guarantee you that people that run for me, the MLAs that will be elected with the Alberta party, will have every opportunity to talk about what's important in their communities. And we're gonna do it publicly, transparently, so that we're accountable. And I think that's what, uh, that's the space Alberta needs to be in. Um, in COVID, we had a great opportunity in my mind for the opposition and, and, the, and the, the governing party to come together and figure out a path forward. And instead, they both chose to go political. What is going to serve my political purpose? And Albertans need something better than that. And, and that's where we are. That's what we stand for. So what, what, does, the, what does the next year look like for, for Barry Morishita? In, in as uh, as the leader of the Alberta Party, I mean, you don't, you know, you're you're you you um, you are mayor of Brooks. Uh, you don't have a seat in the legislature yet. Um, you know, what does what does the next year in terms of building the party look like? How how do you you know get attention and and? Uh... Yeah, well, you know, uh, it's it's getting a, it's it's just a lot of hand to hand, one on one, small conversations to start with. COVID, of course, gets in the way of some of that, but we anticipate that that will get better. But it, it's setting the foundation pieces. Um, there's always this uh, egg, chicken and egg thing about, you know, you need money to become a little more visible. You need more visible to attract more money. So, you know, uh, quite frankly, that's a struggle for us. But we did really well in the in the last quarter of the year. We had our best quarter, best month, best day ever in fundraising. So we're feeling there's some momentum there. We have to continue that. You need money to, to, to make sure you have the resources in order to get that message out. Um, we have to be out there. Um, and so my, my next year is I, I'll see more of Alberta than I did see in four years in the last four years. Um, just a lot of uh, groups and a lot of conversations. And the fact remains, um, everyone I've had, there's obvious questions about, you know, why should I support the Alberta party? You know, I, I don't want Jason Kenney or the UCP I'm not sure that I, I really want to go back to the NDP, but what do I do? And uh, we have to present ourselves um, in these communities all across this province. And I mean, that's what we're going to do. It's it's hard work. Uh, there's there's no easy way to do it. Um, but um, I'm committed to it. And, and I think you'll see the Alberta Party make a great showing in 2023. Well, you you, de you definitely have a have a, a lot of work cut a lot of work cut out for you over over the next uh, over the next year. Um, Ryan, did you have a question you wanted to ask ask Barry? Uh, yeah, just I guess more um, more tactical. Have you committed to running in Brooks Medicine Hat, or what's the plan for that? And when do you think nominations will begin? Uh, great question. So yes, right now I'm committed to Brooks Medicine Hat, and and unless a, a kind of a you know, when a, a by-election opportunity came up that place that, you know, I could live in and, and, you know, be happy living there, I think. And maybe that's an option, but probably not going to happen. We're only a year out. So I'm committed to running in Brooks Medicine Hat. And and I, I think, uh, I, again, I think a lot of the province is looking for change. Uh, when it comes to nominations opening up, I think we'll probably, we've been talking about that for a while now. I think you'll see it happen uh, sometimes in the summer, we have a lot of things going on in, in the policy and, and operational sphere. But uh, yeah, I think you'll see nominations open up uh, probably later on uh, summertime, I would think. And my understanding, and Dave knows probably exactly, is there will be a by-election call here in the next... <laughs> what is next, the counter? The, well, well when, this, when this podcast gets up, gets put up, it'll be two days. It has to be the, the, the Fort McMurray-Laclamish by-election is really coming down to the wire. It has to be called by February fifteenth. I actually don't know. I can't recall of a time where, 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 um, where a premier has actually waited this, this long to call a by election. Yeah, it's uh, it's actually like getting to the six month deadline. Um, hey, it's hey, an odd I, situation. I, yeah, I was trying to put I was trying to put the heat on the Alberta party here, Dave. So uh, <laughs> give me a second here. <laughs> no, I just wondered, do you have a do you have a candidate lined up up there, or what's the plan? Uh, actually, as we're talking right now, we, we, we've got a few people that are interested and I'm actually uh, leaving on Valentine's Day of all days to drive to Fort McMurray and uh, and talk to some people. So I'm pretty confident we're going to have a, a candidate. And and again, we want to have a good candidate. You know, I, we've been talking to a lot of people about candidacy and what it takes to be a good candidate for the Alberta party. And uh, I kind of kind of glibly and and with a little bit of sarcasm, I say, well, if you know everything about something, 
you should probably continue doing it. <laughs> That's to start with. You don't want to be an, a political campaign for a political candidate for the Alberta party. But the secondly is I, I ask how you solve problems. So, you know, we need good problem solvers. We don't need people who are uh, trying to, um, you know, run roughshod over a process. We need people who bring people together. And then thirdly, we need good community members, people who know that community. So we're trying to stick to that. And, and I think that'll serve us well. And uh, hopefully we'll have something to announce this week um, as we get through uh, the start of the supposed by-election. Dave, we'll yeah. see if you're right. They, they call it uh, in the next few days. Well, they they're, have to. yeah, they well, they're, they have to call it on the uh, by the fifteenth is what the uh, what the order in council says. And uh, uh, a lawyer friend of mine was saying that if they don't, then someone can someone's going to have to file a writ of mandamus against the uh, provincial government oh, and wow. and for, get a judge to force them to enforce the law. But I, you know, I know there's a lot of animosity between Jason Kenny and Brian Jean, but. Um, you know, despite everything that happened, everything that's happened over the past five years, and the, and the uh, the leadership race, I uh, you know, I, I still would be very surprised if uh, if Jason Kenney didn't call the uh, didn't call the by election. So I th I think it'll be happening. It'll be uh, I mean, if he doesn't, that'll be the story. But what are what are your thoughts on the uh, just on the on the by election and the whole uh, the kind of whole tornado of uh, of of uh, of interesting things that are happening around it. Well, you know, as far as far as the interest, the politics of it uh, again between whatever, I, that's their thing, and and they'll they'll figure it out or not figure it out. I I think it illustrates something pretty importantly in contrast to what we we are not. I, you know, we're we're about the community. I think that's our main goal in this by-election is to have somebody that's willing to um, do a good job representing uh, Fort McMurray, Lackawish, and. Um, you know, it's it's going to be interesting because I think politics right now is in such a state of flux. I think people are really concerned about where the legitimacy lies in their process, in the parties, and in everything. They're questioning everything. And, and uh, the leadership that we've had in the last little while hasn't given them good cause to be very optimistic. And I think, you know, if people are, are willing to sit down and reconsider anything can happen i mean brian jean's a force let's face facts he's been there a long time and and he's very popular but he's also uh you know running on an interesting campaign um and one that kind of reinforces that whole idea that politics is the is the end all of this process and really it should be about servant leadership it should be about bringing opportunities to albertans particularly in your own community so you know it, it makes it's going to be an interesting race i think regardless yeah i like to say uh, about by-elections that um you know they they can i mean they can produce interesting results usually because i mean it's not uh you know it's not this the, whoever gets elected in this by-election isn't going to change who's 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 government um you know voter turnout is usually lower in by-elections um and you know when when they do when they do happen and they do produce interesting results you know sometimes uh, you know, it could mean something, it could mean nothing, or maybe it's just, you know, maybe it's just, 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 it's just what happened. Um, uh, so it will be very interesting to see. And, uh, and uh, I know on, on, uh, on dayberta.ca, I've been writing a lot about, uh, you know, the up upcoming by-election and candidate nominations. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this by-election finally being called. And I'm looking forward to the, uh, the Alberta party starting nominations because, uh, that is something that uh, that I uh, I do I do track quite closely, and I'm always interested to see who who steps up in 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 ridings across across the province. So I'm very I'm very interested and excited to hear that you're uh, that you're you're committed to running in uh, in Brooks Medicine Hat. Of course, your your home riding, the place where uh, yeah. you know, where you were where you served as mayor, it, it, it makes absolute sense for for yeah. you to run there. Um, yeah. Ryan, did you have any any other questions? Uh, no, I guess just want to thank you for sticking sticking your name out there and running for office and i'm sure there are more lucrative things to do than run for the alberta party leadership so <laughs> that is uh, true <laughs> <laughs> you know because i work in it now i am fully aware of uh how hard it is and um you know it really is public service and sacrifice so i want to thank you for putting your name forward and uh a little bit of good luck to you though not too much <laughs> thanks ryan <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I absolutely very. We really, really appreciate you joining us today. Before we, before we let you go, um, is there anything else you'd like to share with our with our listeners before we let you go? 
Yeah, yeah, thanks, Dave. And I appreciate the opportunity and, and good luck in your hiatus. I, I think it's, uh, you, you bring a very, very steady voice, uh, one that's very considerate. And I think if more of us took on that role uh, in, all, in on all pieces of political discourse, whether it's commentary or opinion, uh, whether it's writing news stories or whether it's being in the process as an MLA or, or a leader, we, we would be far better served. So thank you for that. I think uh, you'll be missed while you're gone. Hopefully you're not staying away for too long. Um, well, I think it's from, very, from, very, very kind. <laughs> from the Alberta Party perspective, I think it's, it, you know, just watch what we're going to do this next year. Uh, we're going to have a very engaged and public process around uh, getting the feel for what people are willing to do policy-wise. Uh, we're talking about things, and we have to. We have to talk about bold transition. I think we have to deconstruct some of government. I think some of it's not producing the results we have. And and I think we have to be true to that goal, that if we bring the right people in the room and we're, we're actually working in good faith, uh, we can get results. And, and I can guarantee you that's what I'm about. Uh, so I, I encourage people to just watch what we're going to do the next year and, and consider voting for something rather than against something in 2023, because we'll, we're going to give you something to vote for. Thank, thank you very much, Barry. We really appreciate you joining us today. Um, the best of luck in, in, in Brooks Medicine Hat. I'll send you, I'll send you more, more luck than Ryan sending, <laughs> sending you uh, for, for the next election. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to join us, uh, join us today and, uh, and have a safe drive up to Fort McMurray. It's a, it's a long drive from Brooks, so I hope, uh, I hope the weather is weather, uh, where the wind is in your sails and the, and the weather, is, weather is nice. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate Thanks. it a lot. See you, Thank Barry. You. See, See you later. Thank you. Barry Morishita, leader, leader of the Alberta Party. You can check out more about the Alberta Party at albertaparty.ca, and you can find Barry and, and the Alberta Party on, on all their social media feeds. I'd like for each of you guys to share with the listeners what one of your favorite memories from the Dave Berta podcast is, because we've this is our 83rd episode, so... It's, it's, we've got mm -hmm. quite a history here. So Ryan, is there any like interview conversation event that stands out from, from doing the Dave Berta podcast? Um, so I think maybe the one that stands out the most to me was when the Me Too movement was starting to really become part of the public narrative. And I remember talking to you guys about, well, what do we do? We're a bunch of white guys with a podcast like how cliche is this um does the world need to hear from us and i think we found a couple ways to try to lend our platform and our microphone to some other voices for an episode or two and you know that moment that movement was so important and it continues to really reverberate out and you know even to today you still see the the shocks i mean the royal family is dealing with it now it's just like once those dominoes begin to fall so that one to me was probably maybe the most important one. And then I, you know, I think my favorite would probably be the pilot and just launching it and actually seeing this thing on Apple podcasts and like, couldn't believe it was real and who the heck would ever listen to us. But at least, at least our moms did. I don't know how many <laughs> other people did, but some people did. So I think those are my two favorite memories. Those are good ones. That, uh, that me too episode was, was fun. That was, uh, that was episode seven. And we had, uh, Ryan's wife, Leanne Bell, on the show, uh, Dave's wife, Kyla Fisher, and friend of the podcast, Janelle Morin. And uh, yeah, that was great. That was a real um, opportunity for us to to pass the mic because no one needed to hear from us on that. Mm -hmm. Abso ab yeah, absolutely. Those were uh, th those were kind of, and they felt like kind of defining moments. I mean, it was defining, obviously defining moment in politics, but it was, um, yeah, I mean, the question of, you know, does, did, did, what, what did people really need to hear from us on that? And it really wasn't, you know, I didn't really have anything meaningful or substantive to contribute and, and being able to lend this platform over to, uh, to, to people who had, you know, who, who would have something more meaningful to contribute to those types of discussions. And uh, I mean, as, uh, as, uh, as Ryan, so for, so, so frequently said, would, would say, you know, let's, let's, uh, let's punch up instead of punch down and, uh, you know, provide our platform and, and, uh, and, you know, help, help those voices, uh, you know, give those voices a platform. What about you, Dave? What was a, a favorite moment or experience or interview on the Dave Berta podcast over the last 83 episodes? 
Well, I mean, you know, the the the, the whole the origin story of of uh, of the Dave Berta podcast was, you know, was basically I got to, you know, I got to talk Paul, spend uh, you know, an hour and sometimes, you know, a little bit more than an hour every two weeks talking with uh, with two good friends about politics. You know, that's what a uh, that, that that's that's really what this what this was all about. And you know, it just happened to be that we made it interesting enough that if, you know a few people started listening, and and uh, and uh, and here we are. Um, you know, there's maybe a couple more people listening <laughs> listening at the, at this point. So, I mean, that that's honestly been been my most the, the, the my my favorite part. It was uh, you know it was hard when when Ryan left, uh, moved on to greener pastures. You know, we couldn't uh, you know he was uh, he was a first round draft pick, and we couldn't uh, we couldn't match uh, you know what uh, the, the the team that eventually got him. So you know, I mean, good for him. He <laughs> moved on to uh, to to greener pastures. Um, but, uh, you know, we're, we're glad, glad to have him back for, for the, for this episode. So it was kind of, it felt like a bit of a transition when, when Ryan left because the format of the show did change and, you mm-hmm. know, it was a lot of, you know, Adam and I bantering and asking questions and having, you know, I think we had some great guests on the pod. Um, mm-hmm. we, we've had, uh, Jared Wesley on a number of times. Um, uh, mm-hmm. I know one of, one of my, uh, you know, our, our, our favorite kind of rotating panel of Chris Henderson and, and Danny parody, yeah. um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, have we've had them on on numerous times and they've been just a, an absolute thrill to have on and i mean there's so many guests i don't want don't want to leave any any anybody uh leave anybody with the impression that i didn't appreciate them because i uh you know i appreciate every, everybody who was able to come on and, and and share their voices on the pod um uh, i thought the uh, the episode with uh, with andrea hassenbank where we talked about the uh, the social credit social credit and and communist propaganda in the 1930s <laughs> in alberta speaking of wild times in alberta politics yeah. like you know uh, you know, like actual bonkers, really, really, really wild ideological times in Alberta politics. That's that was that was one that was a very fun, fun, uh, uh, fun podcast. And I know what um, I mean. An- another one that comes to mind was uh, when um, Ryan and I and uh, uh, we went in uh, went into the legislature and had the opportunity to uh, to interview Rachel Notley when she while she was premier went into the premier mm-hmm. and did a live interview on the pod and. And uh, went into the uh, the federal building and interviewed uh, Jason Kenney, who was then the leader of the official opposition. So that was yeah, that was, that was pretty cool to be able to go in and uh, and do those types of interviews. And I regret the uh, and you know maybe I can ask maybe I'll have a chance to ask uh, ask Mr. Kenny Premier Kenny this question uh, again at some point. But I regret not asking him because we 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 talked a bit about his family background and a bit about he talked he talked about um, someone who was. Fairly obscure at the time, but politicos in Alberta will be very familiar with Mart Kenny now. Mart <laughs> Kenny, um, and, and you know, and and his music. Um, but I never asked. I, I should have asked, and I, I thought about it after. I, I didn't ask uh, the premier whether he actually, or uh, the pre- the now premier, I didn't ask Mr. Kenny whether he actually played an instrument. And I always kind of, I mean, it's oh. kind of it's kind of a strange, you know, strange thing to regret of all the questions I could have asked. But I thought the moment. <laughs> Afterwards, I thought, oh, I should have found. I should have asked him if he played an instrument. Maybe he plays the piano, or I mean, or I something, or the you know the oboe or something. Yeah. You know, I, I don't honestly know. don't know. But I, you know, what jumps out about those interviews to me the most is Rachel Notley told us she can take down a whole large oh, bag yeah. of. Was it <laughs> Miss Vicky's? Miss Vicky's? Yeah. Miss Vicky's. I think Miss Vicky's jalapeno chips was that was her like that was her weakness was she could just destroy a bag and a but... whole. And I don't know if the, <laughs> I'm sure a lot of our listeners have met her before, but if you haven't, like she's pretty small uh, and so you know i can take down a bag of miss vicky but um uh, <laughs> for someone miss notley's size to do it that stuck out but yeah that was really fun and we went around and we gave the awards and yeah. you know i do have to, i do have to say my uh my current boss minister sony has done pretty well in your votes ever mm-hmm. since and that's not because of me voting multiple times <laughs> okay right but, okay. <laughs> uh but i did you couldn't hear me, but on many episodes since I left, I was shouting into the car and trying to jump in and tell you guys why you're wrong all <laughs> as I was listening to the episodes. So <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I uh, I think for me, probably my one of my favorite episodes was actually one that you guys weren't really involved in. It's when uh, <laughs> I led a discussion between uh, Natasha Souls. Uh, Erica Baruti's and before she was famous, Janice Irwin, when I think she was at that time, um, I just want to make sure I get this right. She was the director of of stakeholder relations in the office of the premier. So she wasn't an MLA (laughs) yet. And we talked about, um, you know, partisan politics and 
and the future of politics in Alberta. And again, one of those conversations where you've got all these people with very different political beliefs, different political stripes, but having like Janice and Erica went, went after each other a little bit, but it was always really respectful. And I don't know. I, uh, I, I got to, I get to say I was friends with Janice before she was famous. So <laughs> that was a fun one. Yeah. I remember that one. I remember that one too. I was still around for that one. Yeah, you I were. Remember... Yeah. That was, well, uh, that was in 2018. You know, I mean, one thing that's true is a lot of the acrimony, at least historically, um, I'm not going to say it's theatrical, but is, a, you know, only one part of the, of, of the governing experience. And a lot of good relationships exist behind the scenes. And I, I think that's a good thing. You know, Janice or Miss Irwin and my boss, for example, have a good relationship. So you can get along and disagree. And I mean, it sounds so cheesy, but we do all ultimately work for the same the same people. So I think it's a good thing. And I think this podcast has been a you know a bit of a light into that that we can actually get along well. And um, I think you guys have done a good job of you know being hard on the government, on the conservatives, but being reasonable. And I think your team probably lacked a right winger at times. You had the centerman and the, the left winger, but uh, that's okay. And yeah, I, I want to thank you guys too for doing this. I mean, my part was always the easy part, just log in and talk. Well, I could talk for hours. So, you know, it's, you guys are the ones who built the platform, built the audience, did all the editing did a lot of the platform building. So thanks for having me as part of it. And, you know, I do hope we get the band back together once in a while here in the, in the not too distant future. We never did uh, a mashup event with the strategists, which I think would, would be pretty fun. Yeah, that's right. And... We could get Stephen Carter fired from whatever his next job is. That'd be really fun. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, as, as harsh as you are on this plot about that or that joke, they're way harsher to him. So I think you're fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Stephen's like, nice try, yeah. Rosenhart. That one bear, that's water off a duck's back. Well, well, Ryan, I think uh, on behalf of Dave and myself, I mean, yeah. we've always loved doing this with you and, and we're glad you could come back for, I, I'm not going to say the last episode, but we'll say the last episode for a while. And, uh, yeah. and, and we will bring the band back together in the future. I mean, there's, there's going to be elections coming up and we're going to talk about those for sure. Ab- ab- absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to anytime, guys. You know how to find me. And to the audience, thanks for giving us some, your ears and your your podcast time. And uh, you know how to reach me. And uh, let's stay in touch, guys, to, to 40 more years of UCP government. <laughs> how about this? Go Rams. We, we, can edit, we, can edit, we can edit that part out, Adam. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Go Rams, Ryan. Good luck to your team yeah, today. Go, go, Ram, go Rams. All right, guys. Go, go sports ball. Go sports ball. <laughs> Speaking of which, I better go downstairs and start panicking. They need me. Yeah. Okay. Get down good there, luck, buddy. Good, good. Good luck, Ryan. Thanks for joining us, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. See you later. Bye. See ya. Okay. All right. Do you want to record the outro, and then I'll edit yeah, this puppy yeah. together? Okay. Okay. That was a good one, man. That uh, his that was... his story about Barry's story about. Uh, I didn't know he was a Japanese Canadian. That's that's incredible. Oh yeah. I'm ready to go. Yeah, go for it, man. Okay. And then we're that, and then there were two. It's Adam <laughs> and I. Ryan's gone off to uh, to watch his football game, and uh, it's just the two of us left on the pod. Adam, this is uh, it's been a it's been a pleasure. It's been a uh, an honor to. Uh, to work on this podcast with you for the past few years it's been uh the highlight of my every second sunday so i really uh i wanted from the from the bottom of my heart i want to thank you for uh, for all the work you do when i say every every week after after every podcast i say adam's adam's the reason this podcast sounds so great and that is absolutely 100 100 uh, true he is the uh the uh, the the reason why really the reason the the uh, the reason the glue that holds us together the, the reason why this uh, this podcast actually makes it out into a forum that you can listen to and it's not just me talking to my computer screen so thank you thank you so much Adam it's been a it's been great it's it's been my pleasure Dave I was uh, I was excited to be uh, to be asked at the beginning to 
to help you guys figure out how to do this. And, and, uh, it's sh- sure it'll clear my, my Sunday schedule up a little bit, but, uh, <laughs> but I will miss doing this. And, uh, and like Ryan said, I'm sure we'll find an excuse to come back together again soon. Absolutely. We have, an, we have, we have, we have an election election coming up, uh, and who knows, maybe we'll, uh, we'll do a, a reunion, a special reunion tour for that. Um, I got, I have a couple more people I just want to thank before we, uh, log off for, for the final time for this, uh, in our, for, before our semi-permanent or semi-permanent hiatus. Um, I'd like to, <laughs> I'd like to thank my wife, Kyla, who's uh, who's a wonderful person and I love her so much. And, um, for, uh, for, uh, um, making sure the kids didn't, uh, burst into, uh, burst, in, <laughs> burst into the office on, uh, on Sunday afternoons and, uh, and letting me take this, uh, you know, take time out of the weekend, every second weekend to, uh, to record this. She's been incredibly supportive. She's been my sounding board. Um, most of the good ideas and smart things I've said on this podcast usually come from her at some <laughs> point as, as I'm, as I'm prepping. So, uh, thank you so much, Kyla. Um, thank you to, one of our most dedicated listeners. Um, you always send us questions whenever we ask, we'd put an open Q and a call out there. Um, you would usually be one of the first to send us a question. Mountain Ted, I have no idea who you are in real life. Uh, <laughs> but thank you very, thank you very much for listening. And thank you for your always, uh, always smart and insightful comments and your, your interesting questions. It's a, and- uh, it's de- it's definitely added a lot. And if Mountain Ted, if, if you ever see Dave and I out at a pub or something like that, Come and introduce yourself because we will we will definitely buy you a drink. Absolutely, yes, absolutely. That sounds 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 great. Looking looking forward. That's a great idea, Adam. Looking forward to it, Mountain Ted. Um, thank you to everyone who's listened and subscribed to the Dayberta podcast this week and over the past five years. We've re- we've really appreciated it. Um, we uh, we couldn't have well we could have done it without you, but it would have been would have been a lot less interesting if no, if no one was listening to this podcast. Um, so we, we really appreciate you, um, everyone who's listened, subscribed, who sent us emails, who's tweeted at us, who sent us Facebook messages, who, you know, sends us notes on, on, uh, on, on Instagram. We, we really appreciate it. Um, you know, we're not going to be doing the podcast for a while, but well, you can check us out at, uh, I'll, I'll still be writing at daveberta.ca and, uh, and, and that'll still be going. There's lots, lots of commentary, lots of stuff to, uh, lots of stuff to write about, um, Thank you to our friends, our dear friends at the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. Make sure I got that uh, the last <laughs> to the tagline right in our last last podcast. Um, it's been a, a pleasure to uh, to be part of a, a great network of podcasts, um, dozens of podcasts uh, from all all different types of podcasts from across Alberta. Uh, actual podcast content made by actual Albertans. Check them out, Alberta Podcast Network. You can Google them, find them on on all social media. Um, there's lots of great, lots of great podcasts to uh, to follow there. So please, please do check them out. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's been an absolute pleasure, and uh, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>